You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Okay, Be The Bridge community. I am so excited to bring to you today um, a great friend of mine. And some of you may know her. For some of you, this may be an introduction. But I have Jeannie Stevens. Um, and I am so happy to have you here. I'm um, so happy to be with you. I know. This is good. And um, Jeannie is the founding and co-lead pastor of Soul City Church in Chicago. Um, I remember when they started and planted this church. Um, it's one of America's fastest growing urban um, churches. Um, prior to starting um, Soul City Church, um, she was the on pastoral staff at Willow Creek, North Point. And when she was here in North Point, that's where I met um, Jeannie. Um, She's a sought-after speaker, leader, writer. Um, she's passionate to help people wake up to their purposes and their pursuit of life, um, of wholehearted freedom. Um, she lives in Chicago uh, with her husband, Jared, and their two children. So we are so happy to have you. I'm just trying to figure out, I know what it takes to write a book. How in the world, all this, pastor, mom, teacher, speaker. How, how do you do it all? How do you do it? <laughs> Barely. Barely. Let's be honest. Right. Are, are we, we're, we're starting the, the, uh, the yeah. whole podcast with confession. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it, listen, you talk about it and be the bridge. Confession is critical. So let's just yeah. start right there. Right. Uh, right. confession barely do barely do it. Uh, Eakin by, uh, so thankfully, Thankfully, this book that I just released, it wrote me before I wrote it. So oh, it really so is good. coming out of the the depths of my own journey with God versus uh -huh. me having to go do some, you know, big research project or something like that and then put it all together. It It is the work that God has been doing deep in my soul. So mm. it is the overflow of uh, what God has already been. Yeah. yeah. Moving in and through my heart, mind, body and soul. I love it. And I just want to I just want to take you back a little bit. Just take our audience back. Um, for those of you who are sitting here, you're probably wondering, like, how does she how does she know Jeannie? Like I, this goes back. This goes back to early 2000s. Um, and actually, um, Jeannie is very instrumental and in just um, I would say in, in my in, in my walk. Um, and, and, and in my per walking in my purpose. So she, like when she's saying she's living this out, this book, this book wrote her, um, I am a witness, um, to that. And so, um, you know, one of the things I met you back in early two thousands, um, I, I forget, I think someone may have introduced us. I can't remember. So if you're out there listening and you like, she didn't say my name. I forgot your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> We, old, have a we, got a, we got a matchmaker out there that we can't name. I know, right? And um, But you were here in Atlanta doing work. I was um, on staff at a church also and um, probably had uh, been full-time for just um, uh, probably, probably about three or four years at that point um, coming out of corporate. And we, we met. And then I think I did, I was involved with Youth Specialties and um, you were doing some work with Youth Specialties back in the day and you had done this thing called Her Story. And do you remember that? I'm oh, I remember back, right? it. I remember it. We are going back. 
We are, we going, are back. going back. And this is, I met um, a lady named Kara Paul. Like just, I'm just, I remember yeah. some of the people I met are people that I'm still in contact with. And um, I remember I did a breakout session, um, like the art of you. Like it was my first time doing it. It was a mess too, but it was like my first time. But I just remember like having someone outside of my church see something in me and really try to pull that out and speak that into me. That was just, that was like instrumental for me. And this is, is this something that you've always done? Like just seeing the potential in other people, helping mm-hmm. other people pursue their purpose and, um, and, and really um, walk out like their God-given calling. Is this something that you've always been passionate yeah, about? Yeah, I, I, well, I love the, the reminiscing of our story uh-huh. and, and how we met, even though we don't know our matchmaker. Uh, yeah. And I, I love um, going back and remembering those days uh-huh. of, of first meeting you. And I, I don't know if I would say that um, it began with me seeing something in you. I would say that our relationship was formed in a a communal connection for wanting to be women in the mm. world yeah. that yeah. shine bright, that live mm. on purpose, that practice our own wholehearted freedom. And mm-hmm. so I think what what first occurred was this magnetic connection mm. with us, mm-hmm. I would say, Tasha. And from there, uh, you know, th- this is what we do in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. right? We call one another up. And, um, you know, I, I love that I was able to say, Hey, you need to do this. You've got something in you, you need to teach, you need to preach, you need to bring this to people. Mm -hmm. And I would say over the years, you've done the same back to me, you know, you've called me up and, and that's that beautiful iron sharpening iron. And, Mm -hmm. and so I love doing that for people. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I think it is the call that Jesus put on us. I was just reading in Luke five the other day where, Mm. you know, Jesus calls Peter and, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just this beautiful moment, right? Where, Mm -hmm. um, they're out on the lake, they're fishing. Mm -hmm. Peter's like, listen, we're not going out into that deep water because I was there all night and I didn't catch anything. And Jesus like, come on, (laughs) I know something that you don't know. And I think Mm. that's what we do for one another. Mm. I think we see into one another. Jesus saw something in Peter and was Mm -hmm. like, I know something that you don't know or I see something that you don't see yet. Um, I Mm. believe for you in a way that maybe you're not believing for yourself yet. I I have some faith and I wanna lend it in your direction. And I think that's what we're called to do in the body of Christ Mm -hmm. is is Mm -hmm. to say, I I see something in you and I wanna take you out to the deep where where the fish are biting and I want you to experience, you know, full aliveness and purpose. So Mm. um, So I, I feel like we do that for each other. I mean, every yeah. phone call I've had with you, every moment we've been together, every time when I've sent you a text and said, Tasha, I need some help. I, yeah. I, I need you to help me see this differently. Right. I need you to, you right. know, hold space for me as I'm navigating uh, a church through right. uh, a really hard season. Uh, yeah. And you've done that for me. So yeah. I, I just yeah. feel like it's a, it's a ping pong game here. Yeah, but I'm glad to see you here. I'm glad that, um, you know, um, Jeannie just wrote a book called What's Here Now and How to Stop Rehearsing the Past and Rehearsing the Future and Start Receiving the Present. And we're going to um, get into the book, but I wanted just to kind of just take you on that little backstory journey to to see how we end up here and um that a lot of times people write books but then i like it when there's a book and you read the stuff in it and it's like a reflection of who the person Mm -hmm. is truly you know Um, because we all have a lot of great ideas um but i i think it's really important that we walk out um we're we're calling others into and um i i like when i can see and point to um the fruit of that and you know especially when you talk about um practicing you know um and and embracing um the presence uh, of god that allows you to embrace um life and um all the things that are going to come with it we are coming out of tough seasons. I know you've had um, some very tough seasons um, in, in your life. Um, a few that I, I 
I know about and a few I don't know about, you know. Uh, we all have had it um, rough, even though in the last two years I could imagine, you know, um, being a pastor and trying to um, pastor um, and shepherd through the pandemic, you know, um, in Chicago, Soul City Church, you know, um, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I know what we went through here in Atlanta, um, but I know that just a lot of churches, it has been difficult. How has life been, um, you know, how has this book, like, how have you had to, like, come to the realization and, and um, of this book in your present moment right now um, as, your, uh, as a leader, as a mom, and as a, as a wife? Yeah, I love that question because it, it really, it lands on how do you allow yourself to be in the here and the now when the here and the now is hard. Mm, and mm. The, the here and the now has been challenging mm. for all of us. All of us yeah. have weathered a experience that in our lifetime we hadn't gone through. And yeah. And whenever your current present location is challenging, uh, the mind wants to take you out of the present location, mm. right? Uh, with the place where we are, where our feet are planted is where God has us, right? Mm -hmm. But the mind, the mind is capable of mm -hmm. going to many other places. Right. And when it, there is something in your present that feels hard, something in your present that you want to avoid, something in your present that you wish were different, it is really easy mm -hmm. to want to rehash the past mm -hmm. or to rehearse the future, you know, to, mm -hmm. to go back to those things that already happened to mm -hmm. kind of try to relive them or change them, right? Yeah. Or to go out into your future and right. try to control all the things that haven't happened yet. And, right. and you know, that the, the scriptures mm. say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, mm -hmm. which is is uh, our hope that we can lean on. But the only place where we can experience God is mm -hmm. in the present. You mm. can't go back to your past and experience God, and you can't go out into your future. Mm. The only place where you have an encounter and an experience, and in this case, for our conversation, mm -hmm. I believe a transformation mm. is in this now moment. Mm. It's in this now moment. But so many of us, we live in an avoidance of this mm. now moment. And, mm. and especially in the conversations that you and I have had and the yeah. conversations that so much of what I love about Be The Bridge, and, and we'll get into our, um, yeah. our relationship of Be yeah. The Bridge and, and Soul City Church, but so much about what I love about this work and what is so challenging about this work of justice and reconciliation is that oftentimes it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And when we're mm -hmm. uncomfortable, we wanna leave the discomfort as quick mm -hmm. as possible. Right. And so we want we want to go back to the past or out into the future. And yet mm -hmm. this is where God calls us mm -hmm. to be. The only place we can encounter God is in this now moment. Mm -hmm. And it's the only place where God transforms us. And yeah. so, I really believe that the present moment is critical to the work right. of justice, to yeah. the work of compassion, to the work mm. of mercy, to the mm. work of reconciliation, because it mm. has to happen in this now moment. Now, mm. there is much for us to pay attention to in the past, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's where we're gonna look at, and we're gonna You're dig right. in the dirt of our story and go, what, what got us here, we can't repeat that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what's gonna take us out there we can't let the past be the indicator of where we're going. The thing is, is that we can't live in those places. Mm, the place mm -hmm. where we do the work is in this moment. Right, right. And I know a lot of us, you know, just we've been doing this work. Um, and then in 2020, it seems like there was a flashlight put on um, not just the work, but the pain, the history, um, the context of, of everything. And um, I remember just in a moment um, being so hopeful, like, wow, like, you know, watching all the marches, um, watching, you know, some of the conversations. And it was not just when I look back at the civil rights movement and I look at a lot of those, the marches, when I talked to my family members who were involved in some of those marches, it was people that looked like me. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, it was people that looked like the world. Mm 
yeah. you know, and and that was a beautiful thing. But for a lot of people, it was a scary thing. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a it was a shifting, a change happening. And I know, you know, um, I've done, we've done some work. How have you guys navigated um, you know, that, that this space of justice, this space of bridge building, um, as a church community, um, as we talking about, you know, looking at the past, but staying in the present so that it can help chart our future. Um, how has you, how have you, um, as a leader within your, um, church capacity and family capacity, uh, been able to lead out, um, in that? Yeah, I I really appreciate that question because uh, the past has so much to teach us, right? Yes. It's mm-hmm. it's just not a place that we can live. And anytime, mm-hmm. uh, so, some of what I talk about in the book, anytime we're rehashing the past, uh-huh. uh, it, it takes us to some common places, right? Blame is one of them, mm-hmm. where you want to direct personal responsibility off of yourself. Mm-hmm. Shame is another one, self-hatred at my expense. That's how you spell mm-hmm. out shame, S-H-A-M-E. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Grief, unprocessed grief, mm-hmm. bitterness, and guilt. I think at the at the forefront of 2020, mm-hmm. when the yeah. flashlight went on, I mm-hmm. think the whole world was collectively holding all kinds of blame and shame and unprocessed grief and bitterness and mm. guilt for for where we had been and uh-huh. where it allowed us to be in this present moment. And when we do not face those things, we cannot change those things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's why there was so much um, erupting tension because I think that when you say, uh, the the marches finally looked like the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, it did, and and I was mm-hmm. I was one of them, and mm-hmm. I also know that there were so many that mm-hmm. didn't step in, right, and right. and didn't like the flashlight because they probably felt some kind of inner grief going on, or inner guilt going on, or, or inner mm-hmm. blame going on, and they didn't want to face it. They didn't want to face it. And what we cannot face, we cannot change. And so much of what I love, what I love about uh, our work with Be the Bridge is it's a facing, right? You have Mm -hmm. to face what is going on inside of you. I, um, one of the things that I, I quote regularly from your book is when you (laughs) say, uh, the confession of our entanglement mm-hmm. in racism and systemic privilege is essential. It's mm-hmm. essential for complete mm-hmm. healing and restoration. And mm-hmm. none of us are off the hook. The hook. Yeah. I read that <laughs> when I first read your book. And I, I've read your book a couple times, Tasha. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brene Brown always says that uh, when a book bothers her, she throws it across the room. <laughs> I read that sentence and I was like, no, that's so hard. Oh my yeah, gosh. None of is. us are going to want to do that. Right. Yeah. And yet I picked it back up and I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Again. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so much about when we leave the present moment and rehash the past is that there is something in that blame or that shame or that unprocessed grief, that bitterness, that guilt, that the kindness of God wants to lead us to repentance. Mm -hmm. But if we're unable to name it and to face it, we'll Mm -hmm. never see it changed. And that's why I love what you say here about it's essential. It's essential Mm -hmm. to face those things inside of ourselves in order Mm -hmm. for us to have complete healing. And I think the sadness that I often find is th- is those that aren't willing to do the work of justice, yeah. those that aren't willing to do the work of bridge building. They aren't living in the present moment. Mm-hmm. They're rehashing right. the past. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just rehashing the past and they're holding on to those things that maybe somehow make them feel safer or stronger or mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is um, yeah. as to why 
there's an unwillingness to come into the yeah. present moment and face yeah. those things. But yeah. I think that spotlight uh, was long overdue. Yeah. yeah. Long overdue. Yeah. I think yeah. some people find, you know, comfort in the past uh, because they don't have to deal with the right now. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, but at some point, you know, we have to deal with the right now. And and so when we th- I think about right now, I think about just where, um, you know, in, within our community, Be the Bridge, we have, you know, we have a very diverse community. And so um, I think about some of, we just did a, um, our training director, Sean, um, just did a, um, a session um, with um, a bi- our bi- BIPOC community and it's called Water in the Wilderness. And, um, you know, and just really like just shepherding um, that community. There's been so much pain and so much hurt and a lot of it from the church, you know, Um, what, you know, and I, and I think when I was reading some of these things um, in your book, I was like, wow, this would, this is, this is a good word for, for us right now, you know, um, like, cause you know, they're trying to, to, to move forward, but there's so much trauma yeah. attached to the moving yes. forward. And, yes. um, but when you say it, when you, in your message, when you say, um, pr- like the presence of peace is important for the world right now. And, um, and I, when I, when I, I read that, I was like, that is so true. You know, because um, yeah. I just yeah. feel like people are not well, like, you know what I'm they saying? They are not. Peace is not <laughs> tangible for 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 mm-hmm. a lot of people. And so mm-hmm. what would you what would you say to that yeah. community? You know, yeah, I, I would so agree with you. And mm-hmm. uh, that quality of peace is uh-huh. uh, it, it's so critical to our health, to our yeah. wholeness to our yeah. connection to God, our connection to ourselves, mm-hmm. and our connection to one another. If I am not at peace, how will I ever be at peace with somebody mm-hmm. else, uh, which is the work of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have inner peace with myself and with God, it will be impossible for me to extend the work of peace with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cannot experience the peace of God if we mm-hmm. don't know how to access the presence. Yes, yes, yes. And the presence That's... of God, the presence of God is always the here and the now. Yes. It's the here and the now. And God is never not present. Yeah. We're the yeah. ones that aren't present to the presence mm-hmm. of God. And so we mm-hmm. won't exper- experience the exchange of peace if we're not practicing the presence mm-hmm. of God. And I like to tell people all the time, listen, if it's not happening now, it's mm-hmm. not happening. Right. And right, yet right. so many of us, we're living in our not happenings. Mm. It's causing a quality of discomfort, disconnection, anxiety, mm-hmm. stress. We're yes. not living in flow. We're not in the, the, the stream of peace, the river of God, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where peace flows on the regular. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's no wonder there is so mm-hmm. much disconnection in our relationships that we don't feel peace with one another because we're not experiencing peace with ourselves because mm-hmm. we're not practicing God's presence. Yeah. And, you know, um, a couple of years ago, I, I, I heard um, Andrew Young speak and I just remember him. There was so much, it felt like chaos and turmoil. And I just like, for me, I was questioning everything. I was questioning, like, is this the way, you know, be the bridge? Like, is 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 this what, you know, like, this is too much. Like, I'd rather, like, I'll go back to corporate. Like, this is just too much. This is too heavy of a burden to carry. And um, I just remember him talking and recounting um um, the stories of, of the civil rights movement, his his role in it, his friendship, his 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 um, partnership um, uh, with with King, and I remember him saying like we we didn't know what like there was strategy, but there wasn't strategy. We didn't know what we were doing. He said, but what we did is you know we we were trusting, and 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 I just remember him just being really steadfast, and I was like. And he said we had to trust and to and to know that God was with us, you know. 
And and at that moment, it was like, okay, they were practicing like that that presence. They were living in that moment. And um and and I think you know when we talk about this, in order to have that peace, it's like you have to be steadfast. You have to be able to access the presence of God, and that's what they were able to do. They were able to access uh, you. Let me say that over. They were able to <laughs> access it, but also to really activate it, you know, That's right. and I think That's right. and I think that was, um, you know, some of the things that when I look at that movement and I feel like I was um, some friends of mine, uh, we had a prayer for their kids before they went back to school and took off to college and. Because we just know people are not well. This world is not well. And uh, one of the things we were telling the kids is like, you have to know how to access the presence of God. That's right. You That's know, right. And, yeah. and and for your own life, when your parents are not there, when, you know, when you're not at church, like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. And that was just one of the conversations. And I think when we, when we walk through this, this um this book i think it's a good tool mm. to teach us how to do that to to, to live in yeah. the now and to be able to access that and because that is the thing that's going to carry you that is the thing that's going to chart the path that's going to give you your next step you know that's that's the thing that you got to put your ear to you know and um and yeah, I know, I, I, yeah go ahead uh, well go ahead. i would just was thinking uh when, when you were talking about that i it it made me think of a, a quote by Mother Teresa, and she mm. says, if we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Mm. That's good. If we have no peace, it's because we have forgotten that we belong mm. to each other. Mm. And I think that many of us get stuck believing that peaceful circumstances are what uh, create gratitude, but peaceful mm -hmm. circumstances do not create gratitude. Gratitude creates peaceful circumstances. And we are going to develop a sense of uh, gratitude for the here and the now and a, a willingness to be in what is happening with myself, with God and one another, even when the world is not well like we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. We can still have a quality of peace because we're not looking to our circumstances to create our peace. Mm -hmm. We're looking to the peacemaker. Yes. We're looking to the prince of peace. We're looking to the one that has taken up residence inside <clears throat> and says, I will give you peace. It's not mm. the peace of this world. It is a piece that is different. It is a different quality. And I think, Tasha, when we forget that we belong to one another, yeah. that you are my sister, I am your sister, mm -hmm. we forget that. When we live yeah. in that, uh, that distance, right? And mm -hmm. we're rehashing the past or we're rehearsing the future. Of mm. course, we're not going to have peace with one another in the present moment, because we're not even practicing peace with ourselves or with God. We're not even practicing we're not peace even with ourselves. We're not 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 even with ourselves. If you've been enjoying and learning from the Be the Bridge podcast, we invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurrent partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel. So if you haven't gotten your Be The Bridge hat, sweatshirt, all of the things, let's take the message to the street. Visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that Be The Bridge is doing and will do. At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity 
of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our polls, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much. That's so good because if you can't access it for yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to do it with others. That is so mm-hmm. good. Um, there's mm-hmm. a part in your um, in your book where you talk about shame, and you know we talk about you know in this work you know especially of of lament. Um, there's you know there's going to be shame and guilt, and that's the part where it's hard for people because when people feel uncomfortable or where there's a discomfort they automatically um, can mistake guilt for shame, you know, or shame for guilt. Uh, People can mistake, you know, this discomfort for, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's not really about shame, but it's conviction that's calling you to something, you know? And, but I think when we let that play down, um, um, we can like get into the trap, trappings of uh, of shame you know yeah. and so you you, you yeah. talk about recognizing shame and what are some things because there's one thing you say guilt says I made a mistake mm-hmm. and then you say shame says I am a mistake and I think that's just a really good way when people talk about like like understanding what guilt the onus of guilt but then how shame goes a uh, uh, um a bit deeper into your, to your self-esteem, you know, um, saying I am a mistake. Like, can you explain that? Because I think this is good work and a good word for those who are doing that, that, um, I guess you would say that deconstruction around, um, around some of the, the stories and history or just your own life, you know? Yeah. And how you would feel. Yeah. I, I knew that I, when I set out to write the book, I knew that I needed to write about, uh, when it comes to rehashing the past, I needed to yeah. do a whole chapter on guilt. I needed to uh-huh. do a whole chapter on blame. And I needed to do a whole chapter on shame because they're like these triplets that often yeah. <laughs> get confused for one another, right? right. Uh, they're they're, they're not good. identical triplets. That's a good uh, way to put they, it. They, they have a different <laughs> right. role that they play in our right. lives. And, and just like I said, you know, blame says, um, I did something wrong. Right. Um, guilt says, um, you did something wrong. Or I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, blame says you did something wrong. Guilt says I did something wrong. And shame says I am wrong. Uh, And, and, you know, they can often be uh, confused for one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially in uh, the work that we do in bridge building, the work that we do in justice, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that oftentimes people don't want to uh, live with the discomfort of those triplets. Mm. They, don't, they don't want to face right. if right. there's something going on where they feel guilt or there's mm. something going on where they feel some shame even. Because uh, mm. shame is really about identity, right? There's something right. to my core that is wrong. Um, mm. I am not worthy. When we're experiencing shame, that's the story of shame. I mm-hmm. am not worthy. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I love what Brene Brown says. She says that if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Yeah. And yeah. so much about bridge building, so much about justice work is seeing one another. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to truly see one another, we have to do the work of empathy we have to do the work of seeking to understand. But that mm. is, again, that's uncomfortable work. And yeah. uh, yet I believe that's the call of God on our lives yeah. is, is yeah. to look at those places where 
we're trying to, you know, not deal with taking responsibility and we're blaming somebody else, yeah. we're blaming history, uh, which is is very popular right now. You know, uh-huh. it, there's a uh-huh. lot of people showing up in the world just going, well, it happened in the past. It's not like I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah um, right, but we, right. we have to take some collective responsibility. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. when we blame, we're just trying to let go of responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. Guilt is this this inner feeling of I'm, I'm never going to be able to do it right. I always do it wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's mm-hmm. not actually getting yourself. Guilt leads you to the gutter. Um, yeah. And, 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 and that's not what God's intent is. Right. The intent is actually for that to metabolize into growth in your life uh, yeah. when you have made a mistake, when you have hurt someone, when you have had a conscious or unconscious bias, and you Mm. own it, and you face it, and you name it, that Mm. guilt has no more power in your life. Mm. Mm. And you're able to actually bring forth, and shame isn't going to be able to survive, because you're not letting it then rest and metabolize into your life. You're letting it actually become good soil where growth can actually occur. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, I said, I know there's a lot of things that you, like this book is something that you've had to walk out and walk through. You don't just write these words and haven't gone through anything. <laughs> you know, listen, this is like, this is like learned behavior. There's, like, you know, th- there's like a is, lot of war wounds over yeah, here. A th- lot th- of war th- wounds. Yes. This is how you encourage yourself in the Lord, you know, like, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's this one part you, where you talk about, cause I'm just really thinking about just some things that really could, when we think about the state of where we are um, as individuals, um, as a community, as a church, as a family, um, when we talk about grief, there's been a lot of grief. You know, I've gone through grief. You, you're going through grief. I have friends that are going through like deep grief right now. I had a a close friend to lose her husband, you know, recently, and um, and I know you've had to walk through that. And but then it's like this. There's this. Um, it's like there's a scripture and I think it's in Ecclesiastes where um, it really um, my pastor like told me about it and it just really stands out to me like in that place of grief that in the place of grief is like because you are at your end sometimes, you know, you feel closer to God when you when you ask, assess access. Yeah. <laughs> when you access the presence of God, you feel closer um to God, you know, um, in that grief. But then there's this, um, there's this different process of grief. All of us are different in it. You know, when you talk about growing through grief, you know, like, you know, it's like in that scripture, it talks about it's better to be at a funeral than at a wedding. And so when you think about that, it's, it's, it's better to, be in grief because at a funeral you feel closer to God, but sometimes in our celebrations, we feel like we've done it we're we've arrived. We don't need God as much, you know? So I, I, so I get that, but I do remember just in the grief, like just clinging, um, having to cling to God because you have nothing else to cling to. And so when you, I would love for you, you know, just in, in, in this moment, you know, for those that are, are grieving loss or, um, you know, um, loss of familiarity, um, you know, um, people are, you know, grieving the loss of church homes and friends and all these things, you know, um, how how can they really tap into understanding like that this this process, although it's difficult, it can grow you, you know, yeah. how do you, how does that become a yeah. reality? Like when you're in so much pain, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you named that both of us have navigated through uh, deep personal losses. Yeah. Losses of close loved ones, and and we've connected over that. We both lost our father. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, um, my husband lost his father in COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. We both, both my husband and I have lost brothers, Um, but Mm -hmm. but the, the loss of church homes the loss of communities, the loss of Mm -hmm. 
believing that life was going to turn and go a certain way, and then you found yourself on an entirely different road. All change is loss, and all mm. loss changes us. Mm. And so many, specifically talking to those that are listening, that are leaders right now, um, mm-hmm. I think that there are so many leaders that are struggling to lead because they are weighed down with so much ungrieved loss in their mm-hmm. life. Um, and you're exactly right, Tasha, because it's in the soil of loss and yeah. grief where God does the the deepest and the most transforming work in our soul. The problem is none of us ever go looking for it. Right. None of us, yeah. none of us ever lay a welcome mat out to grief. We're never like, oh, sure, yes, I would love to experience more loss, more grief, more change, more hurt, more pain, more betrayal, right? We never lay the welcome mat out mm-hmm. to grief. But that is the soil where I, I bet you would say this is true because I know it's true for yeah. me. Um, God has grown profound things mm. in my life that would not have grown had I not navigated yeah. grief and loss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when, when it comes to the losses in our life, we can either give in to them and they, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of uh, like a huge wave in the ocean. They kind of just push us over or we grow into them. Mm. And I think that when we grow into them, uh, I've got this whole section in the book where I talk about what ungrieved loss grows. And I talk about how if you haven't grieved your loss, it's going to grow chronic complaining. It's going to grow a guarded heart. It's going to grow resentment. It's going to grow isolation. And it's going to grow repressed emotions. Mm. You better believe that that is going to show up in the relationships of your life. But if you grow into your grief, right, you Mm. let you let God do God's work through Mm -hmm. that loss. Uh, And it's hard and it's painful. Mm. And most of us wanna run the other direction. But what I have found in my life is that when I Mm -hmm. grow through my grief, God grows peaceful appreciation. God grows an open heart. There's contentment, there's connection. Mm. And I I can express my emotions Mm. and now, would I ever, would I ever go back uh, and write those losses into the plot line of my life? No. Mm. You probably wouldn't. Either. Right, right. But right. <laughs> I can stand, I can stand on this side of the loss mm-hmm. with a peaceful appreciation yeah. for what God has grown mm. through the loss. Yeah. And that is the place of presence, that's the place of peace, that's the place Mm. of maturation. That's where the scriptures talk about uh, God has fully done his work of transforming and renewing our minds, right? We think differently about the loss than when it first occurred when we grew up through the loss. And uh, and it's not of this world. It's, It's something that only God can grow in us as we give ourselves to that growth work, but none of us go looking for it. None yeah. of us, none of us stand in line for more loss in our lives. Um, yeah, yeah. And yet God is faithful to use the loss to transform mm. us. You know, one of the things that you say too is, you know, just having walked through it, um, sometimes we don't know how to show up for people and watching others. Sometimes you don't have words and it's okay when you don't have words. And I think one of the things you, you give this, this great example of one of the best ways we can be present to others in grief is to do the following. You say, show up, speak up or shut up, <laughs> you know? And I was like, you nailed it. And I was like, only a person who has gone through will know, like you know, because sometimes you just need to be quiet yeah. and listen, yeah. but show up, you know, show yeah. up, you know, and this, I love you. Like if there's nothing else just to say is I love you. I'm here for you. I support yeah. you, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and I, and then you end this section, um, you say loss is never something we would choose. Like it, it isn't, I would, I would it not isn't. choose it. Um, none of us goes looking to take a ride down a, a chute of pain, but grief has a way of enlarging our souls. And somehow through it, we experience even more of God. And, um, 
I think that is so true. And I, and I would say for our community, um, you know, if you're, you're grieving something right now, if you're grieving um, the loss, the loss of, of community, mm-hmm. church home, all, all of those things, um, you know, these are ways that you can show up for others that are experiencing that. But then also understanding on the other side, you know, um, on the other side, um, there can be joy again, you know, on the That's other right. side, there will be hope again. And so, right. um, you know, let that, um, you know, as the old folks say, this too shall pass, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and yep. really now I would, I would add, I would add, never say that to somebody that has some exactly, fresh grief, right? Exactly. That's when you shut you up. You can say it to yourself, <laughs> you can say it to yourself, but don't say it to someone else. This too that's shall right. pass. And that's like, right. Because I'm going to want to pop you in your nose. <laughs> that's right. That, that only can be said to the self, not to the other. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's how you encourage yourself. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, That's right. But, you know, um, there's, the, you know, th- I want to just hit this before we close, because I want you to close with um, a benediction in, in your book. But um, one of the things um, I want to I'm going to go back down memory lane a, a, a little bit. And, um, um, and I, I think I told you about this conversation like a couple years ago. I'm not sure. But do you remember when we met? We met in a, um, I think for breakfast one morning. And you remember that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what I you told me? I do remember it. Do you remember what you told me? You like- I think I told you a lot of things. <laughs> uh, Tasha. Look, look, look one, Jenny, one, one thing Jenny. that is true is I am verbose. <laughs> look, I am verbose. So I, I know I said a lot of things. <laughs> I know if someone would ask me that question, like, uh, what did I say? Oh, what did I say? say? (laughs) I'm assuming it was something good. Was it good? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But I had come in and the boy, I felt like I had been beat down by just, uh, the job that I was doing and just so much stuff. And I, I had learned to like wear this mask and, of of, um, that, everything's okay. You know, the look all, you know, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person naturally, but then sometimes like, um, uh, that optimism, um, you know, sometimes you need a reality check, you know, um, um, in that. And I just remember going in that day and it was just a lot of stuff. I was just really weary, you know, and, um, you asked me how I was doing and I was like, Okay, and then I and then I paused it, and I was like, you know what? If um, you, do you really want to know what how I'm doing? Because I can tell you like how I'm doing, and I, I and I think I just stated how I was really feeling and what was going on with me, and then you paused and you you looked at me and you was like, and you smiled, and I was like, why is she smiling at me? And you probably do not remember this, but I am not lying. <laughs> and you paused and you looked at me and you said, okay. You said now, you said now you can let Jesus back on the throne. Mm-hmm. And and I just remember looking and I was like, and I just remember this like this heaviness disappeared. And it was like, and and basically then you told me it's like, like because you made an idol out of your church and your pastor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just remember that. And I remember like from that day forward, it was like this like whatever skills or whatever things I couldn't see or I couldn't, you know, know that I didn't know that next step. Um, from that point forward, I had clarity. And I feel like with that clarity helped shape me into the person that I am, you know, right now, you know, in that moment. And um I think, you know, that's what when I when I read this book, I was like, this is just so her. Like, this is just like, <laughs> this is so good. This is so her. But I mean, to know, like, you know, um, the, giving people words of hope, um, words mm-hmm. of wisdom, you know, in those um, those times of confusion um, or, or yeah. despair is really critical. And I think this is the words that you've written here um, can help people in those times. And that helping people can really shape 
uh, not just their future, but the future of the church, um, the yeah. future of communities and the future of families. Because when we understand ourselves and we're willing to listen and willing to do be better and do something different, um, that helps us and also take responsibility, you know, that's right. And it was that's something right. I had to take responsibility and be like, wait a minute. Myself together, and guess what? That ain't gonna happen again. <laughs> you know, like what? I didn't see it. I was completely blind to it. You know, and um, and I and I would say that was one of the things. And you know, and I and I know, like, just when we talk about um, what is here now, looking at the now, um, mm. and understanding the now, and um, having a deeper understanding of the now will give us a path into these the next step, you know? And I always say, for me, um, the kind of guides me is like, I'm gonna do the re- next right thing. I'm gonna do the next thing that I know to do, you know, the next right thing. And so that, that way it helps me put things in perspective. Like I'm not in control of everything, you know? I, I'm not in control and so, but I have to lean into the one who controls everything. And so that's, right. um, that's just really an, important for me. And so I'm so grateful, um, you know, for you. I'm so grateful for your voice. Um, um, I guess I'm grateful that you moved back to Chicago. You know, I moved away. Um, I came back, though. <laughs> so you're saying I need to come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> But um, I'm I'm so glad um, that Chicago has been kind to you. Everything that you guys are doing, um, doing there in, in the Chicago uh, world. Um, I know you guys have um, leaned into some of the Be the Bridge work. You guys read the book as a as a church. And what do I th- do? I want to say that you you guys took a picture. I think I saw a picture that you sent me. That you were in front of like your your staff or your um congregation was in front of the words be the bridge or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I took a picture yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, well you you spoke. Uh well, we did an interview. Um yes, but, yes. but uh I think that was summer of twenty twenty, maybe. Yeah, either yeah, I, summer of twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. It may have been twenty twenty. Yeah. Because we were all yeah. remote. Yeah. Yes, we were remote and uh and I told you, I, I called you up and I said, Tasha, I want to do something crazy. I want to, I want to make every person that attends Soul City Church read Be the Bridge. Oh, yes, 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 And yes. Um, you're like, the whole church? I'm like, yeah. the whole church. <laughs> the whole church. And uh, we did. We bought a copy uh, yeah. of every person that attends yeah. Soul City Church or that calls yeah. it home or you know, it was a part uh-huh. of the community, and, and we had this big mural in front of our building um, uh-huh. that said, Be the Bridge. And, um, you know, this was when people weren't able to come in person in our right. city east. And, right. and so they literally had to, like, drive up to the church to this big mural <laughs> where we were giving out the books so that we as a church could go through it together. And we did um, mm. Be the Bridge groups. We still have be the bridge groups yeah, um yeah. and our whole staff went through be the bridge together uh and and you leaned in and, and spoke yeah. into our, our whole church then and uh you know the same way that you say uh to me that in that moment when we had breakfast and holy spirit <laughs> uh got a hold of my tongue and right <laughs> <laughs> she talked about uh talked about who was on the throne in your yeah, life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's gotten a hold of yours in my yeah, life. And yeah. um you know, I've called you in some really important moments to say, yeah. Help me see how do I lead? Yeah. Um yeah. how do I lead yeah. through this? How do I mm-hmm. lead through this as a white woman that yeah. uh is now leading a multi-ethnic church? Um, in, in this spot and in this season and in the moments where I feel super Mm. deficient and when I feel like, am I, am I the right one to do this? Like, do do I even have what it takes? Um, Mm. cause I, I most of the time just feel like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, this is Mm. so hard. This work is so hard. And you've regularly leaned into me to say, well, if it's not hard, then it's not working. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so and I, I would appreciate actually um, a little softer uh, message yeah. next time. Um, <laughs> you know, a little bit fl- more flowery. Uh, but it's true. Right, if it's not right. hard, it's not working. Yeah. And um, hard is what grows us. Hard is what yes. changes us. And hard is what transforms us into who God created mm-hmm. us to be. And and we can only do that in the present moment. When we live yeah. as, as the beloved, when we live yes. in our truest identity of this now moment, you're a beloved mm-hmm. daughter of God, I'm a beloved daughter of God. Mm-hmm. And when I live there and I root myself there and I plant my feet in that here and that now, um, even the things that are hard, I can face them. I can mm-hmm. face them and grow through them and transform through them because God is with us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So good. So good. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, definitely a, a word for now, um, even in how people can lean into this work and um and churches and communities can lean into this work and it's that the sharpening you know like it's not easy but it's so worth it you know um this is difficult hard work and and sometimes in the difficulty god gives us words to help chart the path not just for ourselves but for other people and so i think that's what god has done um in in your Mm -hmm. book and um Mm -hmm. and the things that is happening in soul city church and i know Churches now are trying to, you know, um, deal with this newness because as people come back, um, people are not well and, you know, the world is not well. well, And just, you know, um, church is hard. (laughs) It is is difficult work, you know, um, and also um, in having a family and all the other things that everyone does, you know, so, um, you know, our prayers are definitely with you. And, and, and I think you, you have some words that I want you to kind of close this time up with, you know, but, um, be the bridge community, you know, um, as we prepare, um, to close, you know, we're going to have in the, the show notes, all of, um, you know, how you can follow, um, Jeannie and her, her work and, um, and, and, find out more about her, her, her book, um, what's here now. Um, you know, there's so much that we didn't get to talk about. I wanted to talk about the cycles of works and, um, versus the cycle uh, of grace, but I can drop that nugget and have you read about it. And, um, but one of the things that I would, um, love to hear from you, um, in this, you know, how have you, you know, um, how have you, access the presence of God, you know, and, and what has that done in your life? And, and the second thing would be, um, if you've had to deal with, um, any loss or grief, um, what are some things that have been helpful to you, um, in doing those times? So just, just as you're listening, just write those things down and share them as we, when we share this podcast, um, I would love to hear, um, some of that feedback from you. And so, um, Jeannie, if you can just um, close us out uh, with um, this benediction this, uh, from, your, um, from your book. Okay. Absolutely. And okay. Tasha, I love you. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for our friendship. I'm so yeah. grateful that you continue to press on as a leader. This is yeah. critical work. Yeah. It's essential work. And yeah. uh I'm with you heart and soul in it. So thanks for having me on. And thank you to the Be The Bridge community. And I'd love to close us uh, with a a benediction. It's called a beloved benediction. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You can't do anything to make me love you more. You can't do anything to make me love you less. My love is safe. My love is whole. My love will restore your soul. I decided you are worthy, worthy of love, worthy of hope, worthy of peace. You are my masterpiece. You don't need to hustle or strive or put in your time. All you need to do is rest in being fully mine. Be compassionate with yourself, my beloved. Be kind and caring, authentic and true, I see you, I receive you. Won't you do the same with you? 
play and rest. You're not a machine. You can do many things, but you can't do everything. So today, will you just breathe, be still, belong, believe. Relax, release, receive. Do not fear, I am here, ever present, ever near. No more pretending, no more impressing. My presence is your greatest blessing. So lose yourself in my limitless liberation. Dance and rejoice in my affectionate affirmation. Beloved, you no longer need to simply survive. Now is the time for you to come alive. Oh, I love that. Beautiful, beautiful. Amen. That's so Amen. Good. Thank you so much for sharing those, those words um, um, with us and with our community. So we're, we're grateful to have you here. Thanks, Tasha. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.